Hello and welcome to Who Books That with Harrison Greenbaum presented by the International Brotherhood of Magicians. My name is Harrison Greenbaum. I'll be your host uh, for this evening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Harrison Comedy. And if you'd like to join the International Brotherhood of Magicians, check out magician.org slash join dash the dash IBM slash join IBM, not the computer company, the International Brotherhood of Magicians. I uh, am so excited uh, for our guests for this evening. Uh, he is the winner of America's Got Talent. He's the winner of America's Got Talent, the champions. And most importantly, he toured Australia with me for the show, The Unbelievables, seen by tens and tens of Australians. Uh, make some noise, get excited for The Unbelievable, Shin Lim, everybody. How hey, you Harrison. I'm good, man. Good to see you again. It's been how many years? How many, I think when, it's when did we... in 2017. Okay. All right. So that was three years ago. Wow. Time flies. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't oh, done much since then, though. That was <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. That's why it flew like that. Yeah. Exactly. You did the Unbelievables and then you just took a three year vacation. It was great. Absolutely. Nothing. It was a very easy life. I think I went sailing. That's what I did. Oh, that would explain the hair. The wind, yes. the windswept hair. <laughs> By the way, when people, uh, uh, when you won a AGT uh, and then subsequently uh, champions, there were a ton of people who uh, who posted pictures with you, and I started to make my own little montage of all of the people. Oh, uh, okay. And let's see if I can pull up some of these. Uh, have, have you seen uh, all all the the congrats photos where they, they put themselves in them? No, no. I, I mean, I I think I know what you're talking about, but no, I haven't seen them. So here's just a, a sample. Uh, we got uh, there's that. We got that. We got that. That very oh my God, look at my hair, jeez. And that was Ruben, uh, a mutual friend, of <laughs> with a with a four way picture. This one in the top is yes. my favorite right here. Yes. Oh man, those are that that was taken. I was sixteen or seventeen or something like that. We I was. And you, we is were, that the exact oh, yeah. same vest that you ended up wearing on Fool Us? The, yo, I've worn the exact same vest for the past ten years. Is there only is there a backup vest or is there only one? No, I don't got a backup vest, so no one, no one spill any coffee on it, please. Well, you know that what's great is you just said that, and David Copperfield, I think, just emailed you an offer for his warehouse. Oh, really? Okay. I'm sure that's no, a very really, valuable yeah. thing to ask for the collection. I, 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 I have tried to make a backup one, but none of it just felt right. Because like, there's a lot that happens uh, magic wise, and like, it just like things just need to flow properly for such a sleight of hand, like heavy act. So like, that's why the vest, that vest has always worked for me. And uh, maybe one day I'll find a vest that, that kind of fits right. But Does it feel like know. a good luck charm? I think it's mostly that too. I have a lot of that in my, in my shows and everything. I always have like good luck charm this, good luck charm that. It pisses Casey off, that's for sure. She's like, I, you know, you can use any of it. I'm like, oh, has to be that one. Oh no, I'm the same way. If I have a show that goes well, Whatever was whatever was around me in those conditions become part of the ritual. So right. it's like I, I've been live streaming with this shirt. This is the third episode I've worn this shirt. So this is my my good luck streaming shirt. Yeah, I, I good luck underwear. That's a, that's a big one too. I, I have my good luck undies. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, usually I, I'm not, I have no good luck pants because I have no pants. Oh yeah, no actually oh, I wore right. pants for you. I really I did. Thank you. Yeah, just oh, to make it real professional. Oh, wait. <laughs> there we go. That got really scary because you're in the small screen. So I was nervous for a moment that, because that the, the blanket was almost flesh colored. I got very nervous. Oh, no, that's not the color of my flesh. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but there's also, by the way, I don't know if you remember this picture. I never uploaded it when you won, but that's uh, 
That's us backstage. Oh, yeah. The only person missing is Bob. Hey, Johnson. Yep. Uh, and Man, then miss- this, this picture came up. Congratulations, Shin Lim, you crazy rich Asian. I don't know if you saw Franz's post about it. Uh, but let's get into your timeline. It's, uh, I-, I was researching your bio for this. And uh, here is the abbreviated Shinlim timeline, is that in 2011, you switch over from music to magic full-time. Uh, yeah. 2012, you enter FISM for the first time, you take sixth place, which is still pretty amazing. 2013, you tour China, you drop out of music school. 2014, just three years after picking up magic as your full-time gig, you're the FISM North American champion of card magic. You're the IBM close-up magician of the year. You're the people's choice award at IBM. Uh, then that year you win FISM. So now you've won FISM. Uh, and then 2015, the same year you appear on Fool Us, which has over 60 million views. 2017, you appear on Fool Us again. That's when you tour with the Unbelievables, the highlight of your career. And then yeah. 2018, you appear on America's Got Talent. You win it. Uh, the next year you marry your sweetheart, Casey, in Hawaii. And then also that year appear on AGT Champions and win it. So what 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 incredible accomplishment is due in store for 2020? Oh, uh, you didn't know? It was the quarantine. It was that was it. <laughs> you did the corona. You, that, that yeah, was it was all me. I didn't. I don't know if you guys know that, but I'm responsible for a coronavirus. I'm just kidding. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you? Uh, what are you doing to stay busy though during this quarantine? I see a very empty uh, room behind you, other than the neon sign. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, well, actually, no. This is the, the okay. First of all, I did not start the quarant- uh, coronavirus. Just want to put that out there. All right, I did not start the coronavirus, but. Um, I just I just moved to Vegas, so uh, we got a new house. So that's 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 pretty big. Um, we're um, living in uh, in Henderson, and uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice place. I, although I don't really have much furniture, it's kind of just very bare. This is this is like the most furniture in the house, but it's it's, it's currently very messy. So. so basically, you were ordering furniture, then coronavirus happened, so now you're stuck pretty living much. in a college. Restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. We we had a bunch of uh, chairs and couches and stuff that were supposed to be coming. Um, a computer desk as well. So obviously you can tell I don't have a computer desk. Um, yeah, it sucks, but. The good thing is you don't have any furniture, but the neon sign made it. So it's glad that I'm glad yeah, the yeah, are that, I've always had that though, it came from LA. So everything we had in LA just like shipped over, but still need more, more stuff. Yeah, Bill Hoagland wrote, uh, Harrison, you forgot, performed at NEMCON. That's oh, yeah. the one in the timeline. Yeah. I think yeah. the first time we ever performed together was in, uh, was that, uh, Magi Fest in Ohio. Yeah, we were in the same yeah. lineup. Yeah, 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 that one was uh, that was uh, two thousand. That was uh, after your yeah. Fula, so probably two thousand sixteen ish around there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, I had never met you before, and I'm going to be completely honest. All I had seen was the Fula's act or the silent act, so I yeah. did not know if you spoke English. Oh, I was probably like a mute. <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> Are there people that don't know that you do talking acts? Is that like what? Is, um, you do a not, lot of not now. I think after after AGT, it totally like definitely people are like, oh, he can talk. Okay, cool. <laughs> How do you go about that? Because you you perfected the musicality, the silent act. It's it's. I think most people agree it's one of the most impressive and beautiful acts in magic. Right. What does the transition look like to go from that to to talking? That was the hardest for me. Uh, I, I was very, very uncomfortable when I was like on AGT and having a talk that was stepping out of my comfort zone for sure. Cause like you, you've seen me like on the unbelievables, right? I, I only did like silent stuff. I've never, ever talked. So for me to, to talk 
and perform at the same time was definitely a challenge. But I think it was good. It was like, it was like a good challenge because it kind of like brought out another side of me that I never thought was there. Like um, whether it be like a slightly awkward or comedic side of me, but it kind of helps with the magic because like now I can perform so much more than just silent pieces. Because when you're silent, when you're doing silent acts, which are really good and, and, and can be beautiful, it really restricts you to just this these types of effects. But when you're doing talking acts, you can do so much more. And does that go backwards and, and sort of affect how you approach the silent pieces? Um, yes, it does. I'm, I'm more like toned down and more relaxed now when I'm doing my silent pieces, not so like super serious and like, although sometimes when I'm feeling it, I get really into it. But but now I, I'm, I'm a little bit more casual with it. I used to hope that secretly yeah. you did the shin limb thing everywhere you went, like when you paid for groceries, it was very like, <laughs> very dramatic. <laughs> Nah. Speaking, I, did, I did the hair move because I can't not do the hair move. But you've already got in. Uh, Dale Truman said, what is the secret to his hair? Uh, Benjamin uh, Bozak said, can we get some hairspray recommendations? Laziness is the is the number one key here. His bedhead. This is the bedhead look. This is not, I, didn't, I don't spend any time on, on my hair at all. Like, I just wake up and then... That, the, the thing is, you don't want to use... Uh, you don't use too much shampoo the day before if you want your hair to look like this You want to use like a dry shampoo not the regular type So if you use like a dry shampoo, it, it kind of it pretty much it dries out your hair So then when you wake up, it looks like that And yeah. then you just leave it for the rest of the day But you'll notice like as I get tired the hair will start to flip flop down <laughs> like, a, like a normal person But when did that happen because I feel like it is sort of synonymous with 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 your, your stage persona Yeah, I mean um, Usually it's always like that for my performances. Like I don't, I don't think my hair has ever been like super down unless it's like really humid. Like if I go to Singapore or Malaysia or something like that, and it's really, really humid, then it's like, it's impossible for your hair to be dry. And then I have to like result to using wax or hair hairspray, which I really don't like because it, it has like a really um, kind of a tough like texture to it and makes it look shiny. Yeah. No, I, I remember we were talking about it and trying to formulate some joke about you being the Dragon Ball Z character yeah. of magic. Yeah. The Goku yeah, of magic. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked a great question already. Uh, Nick uh, said, what comes first when making an act? The idea for the act, or does the music come first? And I would expand on that because you were somebody who yeah. played music, you know a lot about musicality. How does how does that kind of training enter into the, the choice of music and working with it? So I, I've always loved music ever since I was, I was really young, whether it be piano or just anything. It can be even orchestral music in movies. Um, and that was what really kind of caught my attention was watching music with with movies like Hans Zimmer, um, like Lion King, Inception, you know, any, any of those movies with a great soundtrack, a great backing score that really helped push the movie to the next level. That really was what kind of caught my attention. And so I... I wanted to do that same thing to magic. I was like, okay, I think you can apply the same concept where the music would be the would be the key feature of what brings up the emotions in people. That's usually the case for almost all movies if you if you look at it. I mean, obviously there's the acting and the camera work and stuff, but and the storyline, but the music is really what kind of does it for most people. And so I wanted to do the exact same thing for the magic. The hard part is a lot of tricks that people create. It's, it's, it just doesn't match with the music at all. It's almost close to impossible. Um, if you have like a, either if you have a talking act or you have even a silent act, um, 
you'll never be able to find the, the perfect song to match with the trick. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. Unless you yourself as a music composer, then you can create the magic and then create the music after that. Um, I can't create any music. I, I'm not that talented. I, uh, I can only edit it on, on Logic Pro. So I, what I do is I, first I find a song that I, I really like. So I have to like the music. If I don't like the music, then I, I won't use it. So um, I use a song that I like, and then I have all these, ideas of magic kind of stored like in the back of my head somewhere like i have these routines that are kind of just there and once i find the right song that i like i then match it with the the routines that i've kind of pre-made like almost like a template and so once i connect those two together i then lay out the entire track on logic i visualize the exact moments of where the magic's uh, the routines uh, gonna go based on how it feels. So when the music's playing, I feel like where there's a crescendo at this part or there's a decrescendo or the tone changes from scary to happy, I I make note of those moments and then I create whatever magic is in my head. I kind of just, okay, this moment would be perfect for a color change. This moment would be perfect for a switch, something like that. So that's, that's just kind of how, how it happens. Have you ever been in a situation where uh, the, you don't have the TV rights to that music and a producer asks you to time. switch it out? <laughs> oh, that for you? Yeah. It happened like five times on AGT. So you'll notice that the music on AGT is totally different from what I would do during my live shows. And it's because it turns out they couldn't get the clearance for any of the songs. And uh, <laughs> but is the, that the just because they're hard to get in touch with or were they too expensive? I don't know. They were just like, we couldn't get the clearance. And I was like, oh. but they, they, um, the problem was they told me like five days before the recording. So I was like, wow. well, you should have told me this like a while ago. That way I've been have time to like change the song. Cause you know, for me, I, I have everything synchronized. So I had to, it was, it was tough. That, that's like the stuff that people don't really know about actually about AGT. Like they thought I, I, I did have my act set up. I, I did have everything all set uh, and ready to go, but what they didn't know was like I actually had to change a lot of stuff last minute music wise because they just couldn't get the rights to it. Yeah, that actually then, goes right into another question from somebody who submitted it. M. Sydney Beckman said, "How do you design acts as you move through AGT levels? How much actual rehearsal do you have?" Uh, and if, yeah, and if you can talk to us a little bit about that process. So, yeah, the, the I'd like to know that also already, because I only made it through two rounds, so I'd love to know what it's like uh, making it through uh, to the live rounds. Yeah, live rounds. What does that feel like? It's a, it's a circus, man. It's like, uh, it was like the Unbelievables rehearsals. That's what it was like. <laughs> so you, you don't know what you're referencing. The, the tour Unbelievables um, was uh, was untenable, uh, uninsurable. Uh, we That's we had a, literally, we got a bunch of amazing, some of the best people from around the world. We got them all together. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of threw them in a mixer. We had like two days to build uh, an entire show to tour. Not around. enough time. Didn't have enough time. Yeah, I don't think um, it was a mess. Anyways, uh, so yeah, AGT. <laughs> it was AGT. Um, AGT is a mess, but they they have they have an excuse. There's so many acts. There's so many people involved. There's dance troops that are like have a hundred people. So I, I understand why it's so crazy for them, and I really respect AGT for for being able to kind of cohesively put everything together and still kind of keep everything somewhat organized. Um, it does get tougher as the rounds go through. Uh, the audition rounds, this, the quarterfinals, uh, no, the quarterfinals, the uh, judge cuts, um, those are all pre-recorded. So the producers kind of have a little bit easier time when it comes to rehearsing, getting things ready. 
uh, even like when it comes to performing for the judges, everything has, you're all like, they have so much time. Nothing's really, nothing's uh, set live or anything like that. So it's a little bit easier. So those acts, I recommend doing your experimental acts. So acts that you, like, you haven't really worked on too much um, because as you go through to the live rounds, that's when it gets crazy. Like when they change music on you like last minute, like was, uh, I remember for the finale act, it was, well, I think it was 12 hours that they realized the music they didn't have the clearance to for, uh, for the ones wow. where the cards were floating. The 12 hours, they're like, yeah, you need to change your, you need to change your music right now. <laughs> and I was like, the recording is literally in a half a day and I need to change the, and I have never done the act before and they'd wanted me to change uh, the music entirely. And I was like, what the, this is, this is just crazy. So, so that's why like, it's, it's so important that you save your best acts for the last because you just want acts that you know that you've done a ton of times. So in case there's any curveballs that are thrown at you, you're able to change it because you're, you're just you're just so familiar with it. Um, that's a little bit of a catch twenty two, right? Because if you're the first time you're auditioning for ADT is the scariest because it's new and uh, it's a big platform, so it's hard. It might be hard also to open with the stuff that you feel the least comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the main that's the main tricky part. Um, for me, I went. I kind of I did this. I went up in terms of my act. So so the auditions was actually uh, um, it was a good act, but it was a very new act. Uh, I had I practiced it for about a year. A year and a half, uh, but the 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 slides and all the you know the tricks in it, I I was pretty familiar with, so I was quite confident um, about it, and I was also pretty confident about the the effects wise. Like I knew it played well for lay people. I think you know magicians all know how it works, but but for lay people, I knew it was going to play and hit hard because it's an ambitious routine. So that's why I chose to to do that one first, um, and then for the judge cuts and the quarterfinals, those were the ones where it dipped down. So I I had my not my worst act, but I didn't have good acts for those ones. Um, so that one, I just kind of, I took a risk. I was, I was crossing my fingers. I was like, hopefully I make it through. Um, and I did luckily. And then that's when semifinals came and then finals. So then that's where I left my strongest pieces for those. For those and did you have any idea that you were going to win? Did you think that was possible or did you, were you completely um, off-guard? I mean, so I, like my, my strategy for competitions, I, I use the same, same strategy and there's like i think there's plenty of books about this too um it's like creative vis visualization or something like that where you literally just visualize yourself uh winning i know um hiroki hara does told me he does the same thing too when he's competing he, he kind of just visualizes himself getting the trophy people cheering and i have to say it works for me <laughs> like it <laughs> Like I, 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 I've done it ever since the IBM competitions, all those competitions, like fool us, everything. I just, I visualize myself fooling Penn and Teller, visualize myself just uh, winning AGT and, and somehow it, it kind of gives me the confidence. So, cause I'm really a not confident guy. Like I, I, I can get nervous really easily. And so this was kind of my way of coping with all that stress was just visualizing like, oh my God, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna work out in the end. Like I'm gonna win. Um, and it really helps with, with a lot of things, even when it comes to creating an act. Um, I think cause subconsciously when you're visualizing yourself winning, you subconsciously make your act better. I think you, um, you kind of change your act to the point where like, this has to be a winning act. So if it has to be a winning act, it has to be really, really, really good. And so I think that's that's what it kind of does. It kind of pushes pushes yourself uh, mentally.
Has there ever been something that you visualized that hasn't come true? Uh, oh, with competitions or? Or no, no, competitions, I, I think you've won every one you've been Yeah, this, this, I, I only do this for like competitions. Really. Gotcha. Oh, you yeah, know how like, I visualize done. a wife and then Casey appeared? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I, I've only done it for competition, not not everyday stuff. If if it worked for everyday stuff, then I. <laughs> well, I, I had a question that, that connects that a little bit um, because yeah. somebody asked, uh, and the way that somebody it was Mike Miller, who uh, is awesome. Oh, um, Mike. He, he wrote, "How was your experience on the tour you did in China?" And I think that loops in because I mentioned uh, Casey. I believe you met her while on tour in China. So I think he's referring to my very first tour that I did ever so it was uh i believe mike i think you saw me uh, in uh during the um 2012 blackpool that's when you saw my uh my dream ankles for the first time see i wasn't doing the visualizing there that's why i didn't win <laughs> which is true yeah I, I didn't i didn't do it there um and then he saw me there and then he he i think it was at 4f or something like that he came up to me and he's like hey you want to you want to go on this tour on this china i'm like oh my god that's amazing because at the time i i uh I was in university, but I was already starting to get um, like the hand cramps. And I kind of, I already kind of knew that it, something was wrong and something wasn't right. So it was a good kind of escape for me, kind of a goal, like, okay, I can do something else. Like magic actually uh, can work. And so and I- know you, you were suffering from carpal tunnel syndrome from all of the music school. Yeah, it, it actually, to be honest, it started since I was in high school. Mm. Um, I, I believe I, I, I just don't think I was playing with the right technique. Um, yeah, I just, I sat too low and my I wasn't using my my arm length to help push on the keys. Instead, I was using my wrist. So I was just constantly pushing the wrist too much. And yeah, that's that's what happens. So then the tendons over here inflame and you can't uh, can't feel anything. But anyways, uh, so I, I, I did the I got I got invited by Mike and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, that's also when I made um, 52 shades of red. That's the, yeah, because because he told me, he was like, all right, so th this stuff, you're going to be playing for an audience of 2,000 people, 2,000 to 2,500. And to me, this is the first time I was like, wait, what? Like close-up <laughs> magic for such a, a huge, like a like a large crowd? Like that's crazy to me. Like that that's so crazy. But it was my it was my first opportunity of doing magic ever. And I do have to thank Mike for that because I, I at the time I was only performing for like my mom's friends at church uh like some birthday parties made like 20 bucks like which was good i, I really didn't what does a shin limb kid show look like was it oh it was a bunch of card tricks and kids did not like <laughs> it they did not like they they're like i was like i'll pick a card and they would take a whole bunch and i'm like okay this is not working out for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i like how you didn't adopt at all somebody's like you could do the coloring book and you're like no intense sleight of hand <laughs> well, yeah that's what, that's what i i enjoy doing that but then it just doesn't play for for kids uh and then but so 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 Mike was telling me he's like yeah this this is gonna be played for thousands of people and and which is was an amazing opportunity and I think that's it really th it was really the inception of all of this like I guess you could call it TV magic or or whatever we want to call it um, but it kind of started this whole way of thinking where I was like okay look if I can if I can play my close up magic to a single lens and treat that lens as someone's eye and then really just focus on that and connect with that one camera then maybe there's something there and so that was really the start of it all um and so yeah and it and we went on tour and in china it was i think 28 cities or something like that it was amazing it's until this day it's still my favorite tour no offense to the unbelievables or anything but <laughs> I, and i've been on tons of tours i've been on so many tours after but 
I have to say that that tour in China is my favorite. I, I had so many great memories there. I think I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about performing to that camera because the idea of doing close-up magic to a camera on screen was something that you really kind of brought to the masses. Like the idea of even doing it the way you did it on AGT, it seemed like every step that you did on your journey helped set up the next step. That's right, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because that China tour was really the the inception of it all, and uh, I, 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 it was it was at that moment. Especially, um, it was one of the performances. I think it was in Beijing, and I was doing I was doing Dream Act. It was the first time uh, I had done Dream Act. Uh, like it hadn't been televised, so no one had seen it. And I think it was like the card change or something. And literally, everyone just like roared throughout the entire audience. And I think it was like three. It was a big. It was a big stage, and it was like at that moment, I was like, "Holy crap! Like this is just this. I'm just doing a color change here." Like it's not. This is just with one card. This is a color change, and it's getting such a massive reaction. So I, I felt that was something there, and so I just kept up with it ever since. And then we alluded to this earlier, but uh, somebody said, "How is it working with Franz Harari in Macau?" So that was your next yeah. time in China. That was my next time in Asia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that one wasn't a tour. That one's more of a residency. Right, um, Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's House of Magic. I made. I had the the best time. I, I really. I love Franz. Uh, he gave me a really good opportunity. Um, he, he let me get there twice. Usually magicians aren't, aren't supposed to go there two times in a row, but he, he let me go there twice, so thank you. Um, no, it was great. It was in uh, Studio City, that was the, the hotel. And Macau is, is part of China, I think. It's, it's, it's a, an island off of it, but it's pretty much like uh, Las Vegas. It's the Las Vegas of Asia. And it's spectacular. Everything looks amazing. Uh, the buildings are super big and tall and fancy. Um, and I performed in a theater. It was called the Layer Theater. It's a, a hundred and fifty people, which not not so much, but um, but still to the camera and the screen. But at the same time, people can still, if they choose to to look at me, they can choose to see me, and they'll still be able to watch me. Um, so that was really good. Um, it was fifteen minutes back to back, eight eight performances a day uh, of the same fifteen minutes. So I got really really good at Dream Act and Fifty Two Shades. <laughs> <laughs> I, performed. Well, I, think I, I remember in Australia, you were supposed to do your final bit on a rotating stage. And yeah. the, the way you were managing, and it would stop and start over and over again. And the way you managed it, like people couldn't see it on your face or in your act. We all knew the incredible, you were essentially doing your act in an obstacle course and nobody had any idea. Yeah, because the rotating stage would keep bumping every now yeah. and then. It was a random too. So like, I'm trying to do like sleight of hand, like while the whole stage is like just bouncing, like Jesus, it's terrible. And also, with, uh, we were missing, we didn't mention that at House of Magic, uh, there was a certain dancer that you met there. Yes, yes, that's where I met Casey. Uh, she was a dancer for Franz. And I have to give it, it's, it's because of Franz that now I'm married. So thank you, Franz. He likes to take credit for it. So. By the way, I, I don't know if you've been watching the uh, episodes of uh, Who Books That, but uh, we do get to have surprise guests all the time. And uh, you might recognize him from House of Magic. It is. Franz Harari, oh my everybody. God. <laughs> you I didn't know you were going to be on this. You, you totally reminded me. I need to go get a giant neon sign of my name. So, <laughs> I've my she, list she forever. She, she, you she don't have a poster of Mega Magic somewhere in that house, Franz? <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does. Oh, he has plenty. <laughs> By the way, I'm talking about, where is Casey? Is she going to be in this? She's, Is she going to? Do you want me to get her here? 
You can, yeah. No, no, no. Before that, let me just say that I feel that I am personally responsible for all the sex you will be having for the rest (laughs) of your life. Franz said this live on stage. I think it was one of the like last performances or something. And like you just said that. It was so so, so funny. Greatest credits. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I know that you proposed during the show, right? Right. Well, yeah. I, I made her appear. Actually, we're going to see if Shin can make her appear, but my show is like a machine. It's it's all, I mean, Shin will tell you, it's, you basically hit go and it's a series of mechanical robotic things. So it's hard to stick another performer in there, but that was the plan. But what we did is I made her appear and then Shin came out and, and you can tell the moment she saw Shin on stage. Oh, it's so sweet. It's, it's uh, yeah. Melted. Was it? It was just love at first sight for both of you guys. Pretty for much, Shin, I would have to say. A little yeah. <laughs> Wait, who fell in love first? It's oh, a it's a special relationship. Oh, oh, you're talking about Shin and Casey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just got very weird. Yes. Yeah, you no, guys fell in love. Shin looked at Casey. Casey looked at Shin, and then Franz yelled, "Now!" <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's Thank exactly you what happened. Me. Thing. By the way, you notice we're all wearing the same T-shirt. We oh yeah, like- I was just gonna mention it's it's part of the uniform now of doing uh, yeah. <laughs> this show. The official who looks that black T-shirt. Black I'll be yeah, selling them in merch. We look like a dysfunctional avant-garde dance crew. Yeah. <laughs> Franz, do you have any other it. memories of Shin at, at House of Magic? Many. You know something uh, Shin hadn't even started to talk about is he is a hell of a video producer, a film. Uh, uh, a film, video, a cinematographer. Uh, when he was at my place in Macau, he shot a documentary of the place while he oh, was yeah, there. Oh, yeah, right. I, I and it's, that. He's a killer shot. I mean, what a great eye, you know? And what he was saying about music is so dead on. I mean, that's how I approach it as well, with music first. And having watched Chin literally hundreds of times, you realize that as he is performing magic, really he is it, it's a musical experience it is the same experience as playing piano or singing or it's almost dance like and i think i think shin you don't get the credit for that i think people notice that you've got the skills but i don't think they understand the amount of um of design and calculation that goes into creating a yeah. piece so it all fits yeah. together you know yeah i mean it's, i think for me it's like it's a subtle thing it kind of happens in the background so like it's subtly like influences people to feel like, oh that was great and they don't really know why but I mean, that's, it's the right. same thing with movies like people all the time they're like oh i don't know why i got so emotional there i'm like well if you listen to the backing track then it's probably why right right called macau like the vegas of china how what what's the difference between an audience in macau and an audience in your your vegas show right now oh <laughs> uh very different well, not your big show exactly right now because right now it's empty but right yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's audiences. I mean, Franz, you know, audiences in Macau are, are totally uh, totally different from American audiences. They're they, tough. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I I look I, forward to the day that I can work for an English speaking audience again. That's my that's my dream. <laughs> in Macau, no, in like, China, you know, it's a it's it's different. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can't do because you can't talk. You have to assume that they don't have a clue what you're saying. So that's why uh, Shin's magic is so perfect because it's all visual, you know, it's it just it just happens, it's pure. It's not a whole lot of yada, 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 yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a different way of 
approaching show production, you know? It's a, and again, back to what we're talking about, Shin and music and, and putting it all together. That's what works in Asia. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome. you're right. Well, that, that and like, they really like, um, um, like, like musical stuff as well, I noticed. And, and, and like the, the screen, the LED screen, every time the, the mega magic, when that thing opens, they're just like, best breath. I, uh, I think that's part of that is me being lazy. I, I, Harrison, someday you gotta come, you know, see my show. It's, I do a lot of LED. And, I, and, and uh, I'm now to a point where about half of my show is me basically just pointing and things happening. <laughs> so I, I let the LED dream. That is. Before I sat down, I'll be sitting in an easy chair with a remote yeah. control just going like that. Yeah. Have you ever heard about it? I once was doing a trick and I forgot to do the secret magic part. I was just right. having so much fun doing it. And then I got towards the end, and I was like, well, oh, that's right. I'm not a wizard. If I don't do the thing, then nothing happens. You got to do that. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Now. Hey, hey, Shin, look at what my uh, remote control is. Oh, no way. How'd you turn this that is the official Casey Shin. I got married in Hawaii pack of cards. Oh, yes. You were at the wedding, right, Franz? I, I was. Here, here's the other. I've got these are the only two decks of cards I have in my home. That's it. Nice. Wow. I was doing a thing with Rocco the other day. Oh, I, I've got a, my own little internet thing I want you to hype later. But I was oh, doing. Yeah, absolutely. Here, we can put it up right now. He has a Facebook show, facebook.com yeah, oh. fan page. Yeah, so I've been doing this. I, I I did him like with Jeff McBride yesterday and Kevin James tomorrow. And so anyway, I was doing Rocco, and Rocco goes, "Hey, Franz, I got this great idea. You go grab a deck of cards, and you hand the cards to me in the screen, and I'll get it, and I'll do some magic. Yeah, it'll be wonderful." <laughs> and I didn't have a deck of cards. This is all I had. He goes, oh, oh man, bicycle. Oh man. <laughs> Before we let you go, uh, Neil asked about the giant lobster on your couch. Ah, uh, <laughs> the it is. Um, you know the what that lobster and uh, Shin getting hit by a truck have in common? They're both crustaceans. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank wow! You. No I'm kidding. Good, I'm kidding. <laughs> I brought you in this thing. I could take it right out, Franz. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Franz, do you have any other, uh, before we, uh, we'll have you back towards the end of the broadcast, but any other stories you'd like to share that uh, give us a little insight into Shin? You know, I just, as I said before, the guy's under, you know, he's undercredited, you know, because in That's the right. match. He has not won enough awards or made enough money. <laughs> well, but all of his awards. Oh, so are not big enough of his face. If you, uh, he just needs more neon signs. That's all. <laughs> if you talk to magicians, it's all about his ability to do the, the hoop-de-doo with his fingers. With I, I'm in up from the wrist down, so I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, not being a close-up magician to any degree, I've watched Shin approach his magic from a different angle, using different philosophies and a completely new uh, formula, you know? And I think, uh, to me, I think that is so important for magic as an art form to move forward. It needs to be thought of as an art form. It needs to be thought of as a way to communicate the human experience more than just making the queen of clubs disappear, you know? And I think that's what people in magic, that's what they don't realize is going on in Shin's mind there. So I think I think we're, as Shin uh, develops as a performer and keeps winning more awards, 
we're going to start to realize that more and more, and that's where he's going to shine. Oh, that's awesome. Fran, thank you so much thank for joining us. If you want to stick around, we'll bring it back towards the end. Uh, but thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, Perfect. In. Just keep hyping my show. Oh, tomorrow, uh, Kevin James, tomorrow. Just keep hyping it. Oh, yeah, I got to get a t-shirt. I got to get a t-shirt that says my Franz Roy fan page. I'll, I'll have that ready when we come back. Perfect. That's awesome. Okay. I love it. Thank you so yeah. much, Franz. Thanks, Franz. Oh, that's a fun surprise. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect that. Wow, how many more special surprises you got, Harrison? I don't know. There could be. We don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I know Franz is he's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, he's awesome. He's, a, he's like a cra crazy scientist, you know? Like he, the amount of things he creates and draws up is just like, wow. Oh, I remember some of like the world's greatest magics and all the, the you know, those giant mega illusions of like, the, the I think the space shuttle disappearing, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he does that. He does that. He did that in uh, in Macau, the, like this uh, the NASA appearance where he comes out and the, the rotating blades. It's like it's pretty impressive stuff. So I really you do some jealousy mind. that he has to make the shuttle disappear, and then you come out with a deck of cards, and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> "Well, I mean, well, to be honest, to be honest, he's he's giving me too much credit for uh, for the Macau audience because really he got more reactions than I did all the time, all the time because they. I think I think there's something about because you know like my routine kind of feels like a ballet and it's, it's like a very artistic and abstract and it's not very straightforward at all. So the people in Macau, they some of them really don't care for that stuff. So I've had <laughs> I've had I've had people in Macau literally be on a, like on a Skype call with someone else during wow. the show. Yeah, or like Has on the phone call into your show? Like I've had people literally. I see them holding up their phone to the stage. And then oh, I know what's happening. No, not not that, but they were like the they were like just talking to their friend on Skype. <laughs> like, hey, how are you doing? No, I'm in a show right now. Yeah, what what's up? Like that's what <laughs> I was like, I'm like, dude, I'm performing right now, man. <laughs> but has doing all the talking, has that have you been dealing with hecklers differently now that you're you're able to talk to them? Uh you know, I think I, I even my talking bits, especially for the ones I do in Vegas, I structure them in such a way where it's very controlled still. Mm. So there's not much heckling that could go on. Um, very different from Colin, obviously. I think maybe you've seen a lot of Colin stuff. He he's he knows how to deal with hecklers, so he's it's like, like that. So. Well, let's yeah. talk about him and, and the show that you're doing now at the Mall. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, assume... we were doing it. Now it's all canceled. <laughs> but it's once once this is all over, we'll all come back. It'll be back then again. So yeah, and people can yeah. follow you on your Instagram and TikTok at Shinlim Magic, and I'm sure you'll post as soon as you know that you'll be back uh, selling tickets. Yeah, hopefully sometime soon. But yeah, it's at the Mirage. Mirage uh, show. Was it? Yeah. Did they ask you to do your greatest hits? Did you come in and say I want to create a different experience? What What does that process look like? Well, so it, they so after you win AGT, you get to perform on the Strip for five days. That's your like five, uh, headlining in Vegas quote or whatever you get to call it. Uh, so I performed at the Paris Hotel and I did, it was like a show with, uh, with I think it was Courtney Hadwin, uh, Duo Transcend and uh, the, oh man, I forget, uh, Vicky, Vicky Barbalak and then one other comedian. Um, so it was like a variety show. People always forget the comedians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, oh, Samuel J. Conroe. Ah, it, was, it, was all, it was all it was all five of us and we're performing uh, or he has huh? he has some kind of disability yeah he, ha he has Tourette's yeah. yeah yeah but he's he's I I, I love this it's, it's fun oh no he's awesome um so but the show was surrounded around me because I was, I was the, the headliner and so I got to like choose how I wanted to to 
to do the show, I got to choose like the beginning, middle, end, the storyline, everything. Um, and so I did the show. And so during the show, uh, the MGM executives were all watching and they're like, oh, well, you're really good. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Um, and apparently before they watched the show, uh, Copperfield had also told them, he was like, yeah, uh, you should hire Shin as a magician. Like that, like, so he literally vouched for me and I didn't even, I had, I had no idea. Um, and so when I was talking to the the vice president of, of MGM, he was like, yeah, like Copperfield told me like that I should watch, come and watch your show. And I was like, holy shit, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like, thanks Copperfield and thank you. You never met guys. Copperfield and all of a sudden you find out that not only does he love your magic, he's essentially booking you work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So he said, yeah, so, so they came to watch my show. They, they really liked it. And then they were like, you wanna, you wanna perform at the Mirage? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's amazing. And how did you arrive at the name Limitless? Uh, Spidey. <laughs> I asked Spidey. I was, I was like, okay, so it's either Shenanigans or Limitless. Which one do you want? I and actually, just like, to help you out, Shin, I came up with some other ones because I know your name is in your name is inside the name of the show. Yeah. I have been brainstorming for you. So Limitless, that's a great name. But if you need a new name when you come back from the Corona, uh, I have a uh, Bolimic. <laughs> That's one. Um, we have, oh my God, I can't feel my limbs. Very good. That's a good one. Uh, kicked in the shins and shingles. So oh. those are, that's free of charge for you. Sh shingles, very good. That's that's a very short name. I like it. Yeah, Wait. very catchy. See, there yeah. you go. That's the marketing. It completes itself. Perfect. All right. So that'll be my show 2.0, shingles, yeah. coming out next year. And how does, uh, how does Colin enter into the mix? I know he's also on the show. So I, I just wanted someone that was uh, that kind of was just completely the opposite spectrum of close-up magic, but not stage. I, I wanted to keep this kind of raw feeling, like this kind of um, how do you call it? Just you know, it doesn't have any of the glitz and the glamour. I just I just wanted to to feel like a very in, <laughs> indie film, and yeah. so like I, I had I had known about set. huh, like an acoustic concert almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. And so I uh, I had known about Colin's work. I've I've always been a fan, a massive fan of his. Um, and I actually already had asked him even before I got the gig in at the Mirage. I was like, Hey man, like if everything goes well with AGT, like do you want to do you want to work together? Like do you want do you want to do this? Like do you want to like just you and me? Um, but at the time, he had a lot of uh, commitments with um, with other shows. And so I was like, oh, all right, because uh, he's, you know, he's a busy guy. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's not going to work. Um, but then later down the road, uh, things changed, and then he he decided to just kind of focus on 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 me and then the show. And I'm forever grateful. So yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah, actually, I have a question about somebody. There's a viewer question from somebody um, about the Mirage show. Let me bring him in. I think he's also in Las Vegas. <laughs> It's oh my god, down, everybody. Oh, oh. Hey, there we go. I didn't have time there to prepare. Go. I was gonna do smoke and we had fireworks, but never mind. I uh, I wore the black shirt. Yeah, yeah. The, choice, the choice though to put something in your mouth, uh, considering the epidemic, was uh, oh, the most thing that's ever been attempted uh, on this show. Yeah, Suffer for my art, okay? That's, that's how I see it. I also love that we've all been quarantined for two weeks, and in that time, we've all been growing our beards, and we can all see how well we're doing. So uh, I'm in the lead. I shaved mine. I shaved mine. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's a likely story. Yeah. 
Also, I had no idea that Franz Harari was going to say that you're the reason for sex for the rest of your life. That is, I also, well, because if you think about it, you're married, which technically means you are never having sex again, right? So, uh, <laughs> that is oh, I got it. I, so I can blame it on, I'll blame it on Franz. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you guys? We're good. By the way, sure. I know that I've suggested these fantastic titles for his show, mm -hmm. um, such as, uh, let's see if I can get it in. There we go. Um, yeah. Ah, nope. We'll get it. <laughs> Um, but the, we have, uh, let's, there we go. So there's shingles, but we had, uh, people have suggested renaming the show, the magic shindig. Shindig is there. Yeah. Uh, Corona yeah. with limb <laughs> out on a limb it's good. Uh, and shin splits. Shin splints is my yes. favorite. They're all good. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Burn. I mean, I'd have to say shin splints. Yeah. And I like shin splints because it's uh, that's a trick that I do. So. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it's very that's good. Yeah. Shingles is good as well. Uh, I didn't think you were going to say bulimic. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Pronounced sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you, uh, you did not hold back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Colin, one of the things that uh, I'd like to talk about, because Shin, it is frustrating how good Shin is. I think we can all agree, because he's not even 30 and he's accomplished more than probably any other magician has ever accomplished in, in 28 years. Um, yeah. But he's not undefeatable. I well, hear there's I, I, one yes. thing that he is not so good at. And I might have oh, uh, <laughs> Well, here's the annoying thing as well, is that sometimes we've been on tour and like midway through the show or before the show starts, maybe like 20 minutes before, something will break or not work or not be working. At the intermission, Shin will go to his dressing room and just sit for like two minutes and go, I've got an idea. He'll craft something out like MacGyver style out of nothing. And then just goes on stage, does it, and gets standing ovations immediately. And I'm like, why? Why? Yeah, I don't know about the standing ovations, Colin. But yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, what is what is this photograph? There's a, it, I see three people oh, on oh, third, second, and third, and then I see Shin on the floor, not on the podium for the first time in his life. What? How did that? Yeah, happen? thankfully. Okay. Yeah, this was on my birthday. We were in Connecticut, I think. It was. Yep. Yeah. And we were go karting. Uh, Nick, our fun. camera operator, came first, as you can see there. Uh, I. Yep, that's Nick, Nick Soriano, uh, and then me to the uh, to the side there. But Shin in last place. Uh, got last. <laughs> so we felt it was it was really fitting that we capture a moment of Shin not only not winning something, but it was very important we recognized that he came definitely last. <laughs> I like also yeah, that you dressed like uh like like you had been murdered and been resurrected in order to get revenge on anybody who had defeated you in co-carding. Oh, yeah, the ninja. Actually, I, Shin wears that, and I was like, I like that, that looks comfortable. So I got one. So we're basically on tour. We look like Sith Lords meets evil Harry Potter yep. characters. <laughs> Shin is wearing Ugg boots. Are those Ugg boots? Yes, they are. Pretty, <laughs> is that an Australian inspiration? Yes. <laughs> hey, it was pretty cold in Fox's man. It was winter time. <laughs> cold, cold. Cold. It was very cold. Maybe that's why he lost. Maybe he had a disadvantage. He was trying no, to- No, I was off. just heavily, uh, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I also have another photograph. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have another uh, photograph uh, that I, I that Colin, you were telling me a backstory about a little bit earlier. Um, let's put that on the screen. Um, yeah. What was happening about a minute before so, this? So, yeah, like this is amazing, and this is like again credit to and for those who can't see. By the way, if they're watching it uh, as just audio only, it's a photograph of both Colin and Shin looking very, very nice, very, very dapper. 
Yes, uh, Colin and Tweed shin in velvet, as is now the standard. But um, basically, this was the morning of uh, Champions. Now, not mm -hmm. to burst the bubble of TV magic, but Champions gets pre-recorded and then fill, uh, aired like months later. Um, this That photo was maybe like six days after Shin had just won AGT. So for six days, he's been on a press tour around the country, like, and you know what it's like, Harrison, having to write new material and stuff. I mean, when Shin's burning material at the rate at which he burns it on TV, he's literally creating a trick, learning a trick, scripting a trick, rehearsing a trick the night before, turns up in the morning, does the trick, and it's like, cool, then we basically can't do that again. And he was doing that for like six days. He basically turned up at Champions. Uh, those, if you go back to the photo one sure. more time, that pipe really those, by the way, are the glamorous dressing rooms backstage, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, a, a freaking piece of fabric curtain. And he was in the dressing room next door. He basically came into my dressing room, lay on the floor, and just looked like a dead man. Like, I have never seen Shin look so broken in my entire life. Yeah. And he basically, I think I was sick, right? I had to be sick or something. I think you were, yeah. I mean, at the very least, you were absolutely exhausted. And you were just yeah. like, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you were like, I really don't want to be here. <laughs> I think by that point you'd reach the point of exhaustion. You were basically yeah. over it to an extent. That's that's you're, something that a lot of people said, don't know. They're, they're like, said, oh, you must be so excited. I was like, nah. Yeah. And I, said, <laughs> nah, I really don't want to be here. And you're like, I'm kind of going to do a bit of this and a bit of that. I don't really know yet because I've just done everything. And I was like, oh, man, like, I, I really am excited to see how this goes because, like, I always know you as someone who is a perfectionist. And, like, that day you turned up and you, you crushed it, you know, and, yeah. It was hey man, I'm telling you, dude, I was freaking pissed that you didn't make it through the second round. Like I your act is just insane. Like if you guys haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Type in Colin with, with Hasselhoff, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, type, I don't know why they would put Hasselhoff in it. <laughs> it was I, I will, it was I mean so I yeah I, I watched it live quick, and I was, but he said no. So that was like, okay, well, what have we got? I just like to, I just so, I like knowing so that I I am the best here of this group at getting eliminated from reality competitions. That is my claim to fame. Oh, I've been eliminated. On the floor. We'll stand on top of you. You can lay down. We'll take yeah. that photo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that photo. Uh, it was supposed to be for the archives, Colin. Sorry. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> treasured. Yeah. Do you do you play the guitar, Colin, or is that just in the background to make you look cool? Uh, a bit of both. A bit of uh, <laughs> Chloe got this for uh, birthday Valentine's Day gift because we were traveling, and I'm currently learning to play the guitar. Uh, currently, what I have learned is how to set it. Where is it? There on the stand correctly, and that's where I'm at. So yeah, it can only get better. Is there a plan for Shin to play the piano and Colin to play the guitar <laughs> in a duet? <laughs> we we joke a duet. His mid show. Yeah. <laughs> Let it Maybe go. some point in the future. Yeah, it's going to be a very different feeling show. It's going to be musicians rather than magicians oh, no. at that point for real. Yeah. No, that would be amazing. I like that. I think that's the start of something. I get 10%. This is how much the quarantine has changed us. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no magic at all. Just music. Yep. Colin, thank you so much. We'll bring you back towards the thank end. You thank you for See you soon. Colin Cloud, everybody. You can follow him wow. uh, on his Instagram crazy, at Colin Cloud. Crazy. Yeah, that if you guys haven't seen that Hasselhoff act, you guys have to watch it. Like it it blew my mind when I saw it. I I, I literally had no idea. And uh, to be honest, I don't have any idea how Colin does a lot of his stuff until <laughs> I started. Like I start only when I started working with him. Then I was like, oh, that's how you freaking do it. That's genius. Like it took me 
five years or something or uh, longer than yeah, that. It's to all speeches. I'm totally kidding, by the way. Well, but no, that's why. No, no, no. I know, no I, but I know, but I know it's not Stooges. That's the no, thing. Of course. But yeah. when I watched it, I'm like, it has to be Stooges. There's no other way. Yeah. But then when I was going on tour with him, I was like, well, there's no way he's Stooging all these people. That's crazy. But then like, I'm like, is he? That's, uh, is he not? I don't know. So that's the reason. That's the reason why I've called. I hired him onto my limitless show just so I could figure out how he did his show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, he's, he's by the way, people uh, keep giving you ideas for your uh, for your show. We have Lim and Cello. If you play okay. music during it, that's a pretty good one. And imagine a Shin. That's a good one. I like that. I like uh, that. Linoleum. Yeah. I'm not sure where that one would play. And if you toured Ohio, you could do Shincinnati. All right, I think I like the, uh, the first one. Yeah, that was that was good. The what was the Shin something something Shin at the end? Imagination. Yeah, imagination. Yeah, I mean, like my my name rhymes with anything that ends with Shin, T I O N. So it's pretty. Yeah, and that could be everything in your show. You could call it the introduction, yeah. and that could be the yep. first title card. Conclusion. Conclusion. Okay. This is perfect. Wow. Uh, there's a question that keeps coming up. It's it, it's actually uh, popped up at least three times. And by the way, if you are watching live, we can see all of the comments. Um, any questions or comments that you have, um, please send them over. Um, somebody actually was very nice. He said uh, they remind me of Dick Cavett, only funnier. I appreciate that. I'm like penis Cavett. Uh, we have <laughs> here's the the question that I was looking for. Shin, do you have any tips on how you practice difficult card sites or any niche? Shortcut sites you discover that simplify the more difficult moves. Well, that's a question that more than one person actually asked because they know no, how. That's, a, that's a that's a great question. Uh, so I ha I have I have carpal tunnel. Um, I it's not as severe as it was before because I've I've done a lot of physical therapy and everything. But the problem with um, with carpal tunnel syndrome is if you if you just like overwork your hands for five hours, for example, doing the same thing. So let's say I'm practicing the pass for five hours. I will, it'll be very bad for my wrist. Um, it'll it'll hurt a lot and then it'll kind of damage it for future. Mm. So that's obviously, you know, that's a, a lot of sleight of hand. You do have to practice the same move over and over and over again. So for me, I, uh, it, was, it was tough. Um, you'll notice that I actually don't do a lot of slights that a lot of magicians do. There are certain slights that tons of magicians that sleight of hand artists do that I actually don't do. And just simply because I can't actually practice that long. So what I do for that solution is I just divert myself and I, I, I would do something else that would accomplish the same effect that I would be able to pick up easily. Mm. So in a, in a way you could say I'm lazy. I'm a lazy sleight of hand artist, but I- oh, No, I, I think it's the opposite of lazy. If you, if you reach a point where you go, this might be too hard and then you invent something that has never existed before, I don't think that's the easy way. Sure, I mean, either invent or, 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 or I, I search up a slight that that someone's invented before that 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 I can perform easily that that kind of works well with my hands because also I think a lot of people forget you know they always say hand size doesn't matter it actually does um, hand size really does matter uh, and it's not about like length or or, or or how how fat they are or not fat they are like or how skinny yeah it's I have very little baby hands <laughs> sure yeah I I mean I can barely palm a card as well yeah where's oh there you go yeah. This looks like the so, world. Uh, this looks like the world's saddest like Tinder day right now. We're just touching each other through the screen. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so like and like I have a lot. Like look at my windows. Oh like, wow! Yeah, this is windows. yeah. I, I this is this is me trying to close my hand. Wow! Like I can't. 
unless I unless I you know do that. And then we I also have Windows. We need to use our magic camp cheat. Like when I was at camp, I used to have Windows, and they tape my hand together for like days <laughs> until my hands stuck together. Did it actually work? Yeah, I would literally tape it together um, so I can get used to the idea that my fingers would touch. And so they, wow. this, this hand is my right hand. It's not as good because I don't, I don't, I didn't practice it as much. Wow, that's yeah. very interesting. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I would, I, I do think that everyone's hand sizes are different. And so, like, when it comes to learning a trick, when you're learning it from a book um, or or tutorial, like uh, on on video or something like that, it's kind of it can be very misleading because the way the guy does it, it just doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do it the exact same way. Like, and so many times people try and try their hardest to like learn it that way that that guy taught it. And a lot of times, like, it's usually not like you can always find your own way of doing it. And it's from doing that, that you then actually automatically, or not automatically, but you, you, you just end up creating new effects from doing that. And it happens to me a lot. Like I'm just struggling, like, let's say learning the clip shift. And you know, as you all know, clip shift is a really hard move. And so I'm like, oh, okay, is there something else I can do? Maybe is there a different finger position? Can I do this differently? And then by the time of trying to tinker with it, you end up coming with something completely completely new. Um, so yeah, when it comes to sleight of hand, that's how I, I always approach it. If I can't accomplish it within uh, the hour or within two hours, I try to always find a different route around it. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I think that also speaks to like the inventive side of what you're doing. Cause you're not only are you inventing the tricks but you're also releasing them to the magic community. And what is, what yeah. is that process like? So, so like what, what made you want to release it? And, and what was the impetus to actually release it? Like the dream act is, is purchasable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think, I think magic should be free. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's free information for, for anyone to, to learn. I mean, how, if you, if you, if you look at magic, like, you know, the, the gypsy type thing where it's all secrets and, and, uh, you know, Oh, you're not, a, you can't learn this. You have to be part of our cult to be able to do this. Like that's, you know, that's not what magic is. Magic's an art form. Uh, it's the same as, as painting. It's the same as the piano, violin. It should all be readily available for people to learn. Um, if we keep it to ourselves, then it's, it's going to die off. It's not an art form anymore. It's just this secret society that never wanted to teach children or younger people, you know, like, you know, on how to move forward. Because I think the Dream Act, especially, for me, it was, it was an important release, I think, um, because the the main, the core of the act, the, the, that one main secret was actually, uh, I, without, without getting into too much, a lot of mentalists do that same secret. And so from taking it from a mentalist standpoint and putting it to close-up magic, it really, uh, I think it, it, it kind of gives people it inspires people. And I know it'll inspire kids when they're watching it. It'll inspire them to create something even better than that. I mean, that's that's the whole goal. That's the whole reason why I release it. I want do someone you, to come up with something. Do you worry about copycats or do you worry that people will buy the Dream Act and do it exactly? I mean, that's gonna it? that's gonna happen. You know, people are gonna copy it eventually. I try to stop it by saying, Hey, this is copyrightable. But obviously, you know, that's not gonna that's not yeah. gonna stop everyone from from doing it. People are gonna eventually do it. Um, and you've also beaten them to it too. So you put it on America's Got Talent. So if somebody else uploads a video, right, it's kind of right, clear there, that it's, they're that. doing the Shin Lim Dream Act. Right, right. But but my hope is that that kids and 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 you know people who are starting on magic will will learn from that and make something that's even better. You know, that's what I want. I want I want people to be 
better than me and there's plenty of people better than me already but like i i want more you know because it, it needs to happen or else or else it'll just it'll just die out and and one of the interesting things that i saw when i was reading up about you um is that you you've mentioned a couple times in different interviews that uh you learn stuff from youtube so i feel like you're one of the magicians that's very much like yeah. on the pulse with what's happening in social media and does that play into the magic that you develop i, I know one of the things that um, we have to plug yeah, a lot of the like the Instagram tricks I do is definitely for like cameras and definitely for like Instagram. I'm not gonna lie and be like, oh yeah, it's totally practical for real life. I mean, no, but it's a new it's, medium, right? It's how you can reach sure. bring magic to to people that might sure. otherwise get magic. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I don't consider myself like an influencer or anything like that because I I don't like I just do what I can for 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 social media. Um, I still find it, it's tough, it's not easy. Like I, I find it, sometimes I don't wanna post, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is too much, I don't feel like posting at all. Um, obviously now I have nothing better else to do. So yeah, I do post, <laughs> but uh, it's- Well, you, you know, know that video it's, where it's, you, you're actually trolling yourself, where you're watching your own video? Did the, you know the video where you're watching, I think you're watching your Ellen appearance and making fun of yourself. Oh yeah, 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 that, that was a good one, that was funny. Did that come out of a place though of like, is, is that something that you have to contend with is like people being like internet trolls or people like- No, no I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to just do that because I, I, I always play with that accent all the time with friends and stuff. So I, I wanted to use that accent in, in real life. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't get, too offended by my comments. I think I probably get more offended by like, if they're like, oh, it's CGI. I'm like, damn it. No, it's not CGI. I spent hours trying to learn this yeah. thing, man. That's when I'm like, no, I actually spent time and effort. So don't say it's CGI. <laughs> yeah, it I'm sure it's, like, it's like when you do mentalism and people are like, uh, oh yeah, you just set it up. And you're like, what? No, what would be the point of any of this? Right, yeah, like, oh, it's just actors. Well, no, it's yeah. not. Like, I spent a lot of time to work on this thing. Um, but yeah, like social media, like, you know, people say, oh, you're a social media magician or blah, 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 blah. I don't, I think it's either way you're, you're, you're doing what you love. And if you're only performing on Instagram or you're only performing for YouTube and you're doing specific tricks for that platform, I think that's okay because you just have to do what works for each platform. Cause sometimes when you're doing a lot, you, it can you can have the best live show live performance, but that won't play out well on Instagram, right? And you can be the best Instagrammer, but that won't play out on the live show. And so, but like, there's always different types of tricks for different platforms, in my opinion. Yeah. And changing topics slightly, but um, is your mom still your manager? I feel like that's your biggest yeah. connection to the Kardashians. Is, <laughs> is, uh, and, yeah. and, and if, if so, how, how do you navigate that relationship? That seems like something that could be potentially difficult. Oh, it's very, it's very, it gets very difficult at times, but at, at, at the same time, like she's the only one I trust really, you know, like when, when it comes to like, she handles all of my money, like everything, every, all of my finances. And she's the only person that I can trust holding like all that money, you know, like I, I, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't really feel, I, I, I thought about it. I had, I had a manager previously, um, and that did not work out at all whatsoever. So then I went back to my mom. I was like, yeah, you were right. You were right. <laughs> She was like, I told you so. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Is there a division of like personal and professional? Like if you're out to dinner, is there like, mom, you're just my mom right now? <sighs> that's that's her problem. She, she, she can't like separate the two. She's always just kind of always working all the time. And my dad gets pissed too. She's like, he's like, come on, we just need to spend some family time. And she's always focusing, which is fine. I mean, she, she has like an obsessive type 
personality where if she's like working on something, she'll always just go a hundred percent and all out on it. And so right now it's just my business. So she's a hundred percent all in that, which is, you know, I'm totally, totally cool with it. But sometimes she, she needs to just, you know, relax and have fun and enjoy life. But if that's her way of, uh, keeping busy then that's fine i mean I, I i guess i could be the same way i get obsessed with things too like i get obsessed with magic i still am i, I love magic uh, i love film so yeah one of the cutest emails i've ever seen somebody showed me your mom had sent an email in all caps and then immediately emailed back and said i'm not screaming in all caps i'm not screaming i just don't know where my caps lock key is <laughs> and i thought it was the most adorable thing because you read it and it's like why is she screaming and then she's just like i'm not screaming i just don't know where the caps lock is on this keyboard it was horrible. Yeah. yeah, she has. Uh, she definitely uses the caps a lot. <laughs> but like, so you were born in Singapore, then you? No, I was born in Vancouver. Oh, sorry. Oh, Vancouver, then back to Singapore, and then to Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. my parents are Singaporean. Uh, they were born in Singapore. They moved. They they uh, they met in Singapore. Then they moved to Vancouver for a little bit. Had me and my older brother moved back to Singapore because my mom missed the weather and the food. I, I lived there for a bit, and then yeah, and then Boston. And do you think all that moving around changed the way you approach magic? Is having that sort of international background been an asset? Uh, actually, you know, probably, yeah, probably with the whole like silent magic and stuff like that. I mean, moving around that much definitely made me really shy, and like it definitely not like hurt my chances of being like superly extroverted, but like I guess I just. I moved around so much. I I was meeting so many different people. So I was like, oh, what's the point? There's no point in making friends. All right, I'll just kind of keep to myself. Um, and uh, and by the way, the lack of friends is the number one reason people enter magic. Yeah, yeah that that like, that's why I did magic. I was like, oh yeah, I can I like because like when I did the first trick, people were like freaking out. I'm like, oh yeah, people like like this. This is cool. I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, somebody yeah. commented. Uh, I think Shin's hair is going to look the same after the quarantine as it did before. So there's an advantage. Uh, and we yeah, have uh, a couple other submissions for the name of your show. Just uh, Magician. Yeah, I actually, that was a contender for, for real. Uh, what what got... traded you away from it? Was it, was it those spelling? It was just too much, I think. It was too obvious, you know? Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, Asian. <laughs> Chris Harper submitted Asian. And then people are starting to go off the rails. They have the Shintucky Derby. Oh, very good. So if you're on tour, maybe each show has a different one. Uh, yeah. And somebody wrote Shin Limitless. Yeah, that's uh, that's literally my tag name for the, the show, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, and the Action. final one I'll share is uh, the Shinneman Challenge, which actually that one has some that's legs. A good one. That's a good one for like Instagram or TikTok. And somebody wrote, this. Uh, wrote, how does it feel to be one of the top magicians at this time? Harrison. Which I want to take as sarcasm because uh, I I pale a comparison to the sleight of hand prowess of, of Shin Lim. No, no, no. Um, but Samantha Cohen wrote a great question because you're talking about being shy and a little bit introverted. She asked, do you have any tips on getting up on stage when you have stage fright? So it's kind of that like same, especially for something as big as AGT or Fool Us. Like those, those were scariest moments of my life for sure. And um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing where you're visualizing yourself doing really well, visualizing yourself like Penn and Tyler saying, oh my God, that was amazing. Uh, da, 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 you fooled us. Like it's all of that that really like psychologically helps you with your confidence. So it's, 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 it's that that really helps me. Plus the vest. You need the red vest. <laughs> you need the red vest, yeah. <laughs>
and as we wrap up, um, uh, somebody had mentioned this. Um, so now you're in Vegas. Um, you're amongst, you're, you're at the same place where Siegfried and Roy had their show. You're surrounded by Copperfield, Penn and Teller. Um, you're surrounded by other winners, uh, Matt Franco. You're at the same theater where Terry Fader was. Are you meeting and hanging out with those Vegas magicians? Is, is, has that been a community that you've been able uh, to sort of enter? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I just moved here, so um, not probably all of them, but yeah, I got I got to, uh, I met up with Copperfield, um, met up with, uh, da, 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 da. I haven't met up with Frank Matt Franco yet, actually. I still need to go see his show. Um, Speaking so, of, I, think I have another it. surprise. No, I wish, I wish. <laughs> Three <laughs> surprises. Like, wow, <laughs> so impressive. Best magician indeed. Um, <laughs> no, I met up with uh, Piff, Piff, Magic Dragon. Really oh nice yeah, that's, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's he's so good. Um, yeah, he came to watch the show, and then we got to hang out a little bit after. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think anyone else. Uh, Penn and Teller, I still haven't yet got to to meet them backstage yet, but one day I'm sure. Yeah, somebody said yeah. somebody invited you to a luncheon. I, I assume he means after the corona, unless you're going to sit six feet apart. But uh, that's a, I'll be in touch. Oh, I just I scored you an invite to a hot lunch, uh, magician's lunch in Vegas. Uh, All right. And I guess. One of the things that's interesting, because I've known you since uh, since way back, but walking around, we had uh, Colin's bachelor party. I think that was the last time we we hung mm -hmm. out. And mm -hmm. walking around, one thing was fun because your face is on these giant billboards, so that's a surreal thing. But seeing people people's heads turn because they you're very recognizable now. Like how is how is being like recognizable changed the way you go about? life wow. and, and pursuing like i just like watch myself now you know <laughs> i'm just kidding no, i know it's, it's pretty awesome but but it does it does suck because like i have to because usually i like to just walk out in my sweatpants and t-shirt and i'm pretty much i like to walk out in my pajamas in public because i just i don't know I, I just i don't care about how i look but now i have to care about how i look so <laughs> kind of is it surreal? Have you, are, are there are there like pinch me moments where you go, I can't believe this is this is what this is my life? Yeah, all the time. Especially when I see like like a wall and it's just my face. I'm just like, wow, that's <laughs> yeah, that's insane. It's it's, it's kind of crazy. And like I don't know. Yeah, it's just and like the fact that people will just recognize you. Like is just I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a it's for sure a strange thing. It's it's so different from like people liking it on Instagram or or YouTube or getting views. It's it's totally it's a totally different type of thing yeah. oh no it, and it's very well deserved uh as, as we wrap this up if you have any other questions um please put them in the comments uh now or forever hold your peace um let's bring back our special guests uh to see if they have anything to add we have franz harari we have colin hey. cloud oh my gosh colin have you ever met franz no never never i'm obviously very aware of your work i mean when i think about like stage illusions like growing up franz harari is the face genuinely that comes to mind first in the uk like you were on our tv constantly wow. in the uk genuinely really? so, uh, wow. so yeah definitely an admirer of what it is you have uh crafted created and yeah it's amazing it's, it's, it's that i've never been interested in doing but I'm always amazed to to watch. You know, it is when done well as you've done it, it is impeccable. You know, and I feel exactly the same way about what you do. It's a as I told Shin, I, I'm worthless from the wrist down. And to see what you do, it it is alien to me, and I have nothing but respect for that. Hey, I want to say one thing. You were talking about fame just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. I've known Shin for a while now, and I've I've watched him go on this little adventure of becoming famous. I've also had other friends of mine 
become famous, including Paul Abdul and other you know people, Rosie Perez. And what I'm happened? Sorry, I, I'm so sorry. I, I just had to pick up one of the names that you dropped. That's my, my bad. <laughs> Is um well I did I didn't name them all but my <laughs> point here being my point here being is a thing that happens to all of them is they start believing their own press their own hype and when that happens they change as human beings not for the better and Shin has had every opportunity to become a dick and he hasn't he is still Shin he's still the same guy that he was five six seven years ago so uh, that that Thank to me is well. everything. And what's amazing is my name now is very fitting because he is flushing. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Flushing would have worked as well. Flushing. Well, yeah. I had to wait until he was uh, in that frame. Yeah. <laughs> and Franz made the t-shirt. Thank you, Franz. Uh, oh, there we go. Franz, Franz has turned his t-shirt into a merch shirt. Yeah. But there I think one big takeaway though, like Shin has worked incredibly hard and I think it goes without saying, you know, I'm, he's, I've known him for years. He is, you know, like a, his family love him loads and we're all genuinely very very proud of what it is he has created because it is amazing and it's all utterly deserved so well done thank you thank you Colin. thank you guys yeah. and i think it's interesting i, too, I wasn't expecting this <laughs> there, there are people who are famous who are not talented and there are people who are who are talented and not famous and so it's really nice when somebody is both when somebody when somebody who is doing very well absolutely deserves uh all the success that they have yeah definitely and Johnny said, yep, that's true. Humble guy with a thumbs up. Uh, Chris said, because his mother is his manager. That could be part of it. Uh, Arlen said, thank you all, great time. Uh, and somebody asked me to promote myself uh, at Harrison Comedy, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and Ken, thank you for coming to Colon. Uh, have you, has everybody here been to Colon, Michigan? Mm -hmm. No, but that's usually my name on a Starbucks cup. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they do. <laughs> Shin, what is the worst thing you've had on a Starbucks cut? Do they get it right or do they usually get it wrong? I don't I actually don't order from Starbucks, but I always, uh, but if I do like have a drink from somewhere else, it's always Shim. Shim? Yeah, Which is shim. nice because it's kind of a method. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they know your name, but they're just trying to see if they figured it out. Right. They're like, ooh, let's see if he catches this. Shim? Question mark? <laughs> Franz, yeah. did they get your name right? Never. Frank Harry, Franz Harvey, Harry Frank, Holly Watson. You just get over it. Oh, man. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, and for joining us uh, in this broadcast. Thank can be found on Facebook.com slash Frontorari fan page. Colin can be found on Instagram at Colin Cloud. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you. Ken, thank you so much for, for taking the time yeah. to do this. Um, all thank the you. members who are watching this in the IBM group are uh, – over the moon, moon, uh, and thanking you for sharing your your wisdom. No, um, it's great. I people saying fantastic content. People saying uh, that it that it took their mind off of a, a crazy time. Uh, Susan saying thank you guys, and Rick saying uh, awesome show. If there's a young magician who's watching it and has dreams of being Shin Lim, uh, what is what kind of advice, uh, parting advice, would you give that young magician? Follow your gut. Yeah, follow your gut and don't overthink anything. And a lot of magicians, especially ones over 50, have huge guts. So that's fantastic. That's a fantastic piece of <laughs> yeah. advice. That's right. That's why the older you get, the better it is. There you go. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Shin. Uh, no, can't thank, thank you, you enough, man. Please stay yeah, well. Please welcome. let us know as soon as we can buy tickets to your show when it's yeah. back on the running. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just to awesome. plug uh, your stuff one more time, 
Uh, you can follow Shin on Instagram and TikTok at ShinlimMagic. Uh, you can also follow his very popular YouTube page, youtube.com slash ShinLim. Shin, thank you so much for being a part well, of it. Thank you, Harrison. Uh, so good to talk to, talk to you again. again. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching again. Thanks. And that has been episode three with Shin Lim, uh, the episode three of Who Books That? with Harrison Greenbaum. Uh, a huge thank you to the International Brotherhood of Magicians, the IBM, which if you'd like to join, and you definitely should, uh, that website, I'll put it right on the screen. It's magician.org slash join the IBM slash join. Uh, very simple to join. You get a uh, copy of the linking ring every month, which uh, you can Lysol and then enjoy uh, as much as you want. It comes shipped in plastic, so it's very safe. Um, my name is Harrison Greenbaum. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Harrison Comedy uh, or on youtube.com slash Harrison Greenbaum. And uh, a huge thank you to Emily Murtaugh, my girlfriend who's locked herself away in the bedroom this entire time so I can do it. Um, a huge thank you to Benjamin Budzak who created the animation that kicked off this episode. And once again, to the International Brotherhood of Magicians and to everybody who's been watching along. Most importantly to Shin Lim who has been so gracious with his time. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you on Monday to see the interview with Chris Kenner. Uh, super, super excited for episode four on Monday at 7 p.m. EDT. We'll see you there soon. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching.